please welcome to the Apple Store Covent Garden in London tonight's special guests, Michael Vaughan and Simon Hughes. Thank you. Great to, to see you all here. Thanks for coming. It's really nice to be able to talk about cricket in this horrible, dirty, wet day. And uh, I, I, we're going to talk, Michael and I, about um, the T20 World Cup a little bit. I think um, what I'd say about the T20 cricket is it's a bit like the iPhone in that it's lots of entertainment and technology beautifully packaged in a, in a small kind of little space. So it's appropriate, I think, that we're, we're talking about the T20 in, in a place like this. Um, before we get on to T20, one question for you, Michael. Yorkshire are in the news again, as usual. Rouse in Yorkshire. Geoffrey Boycott wants to join the board and you're telling him he shouldn't. Uh, and I'm why, why, are you, why, why are people in Yorkshire always rowing? Well, you, you've asked me the question, he shouldn't, I'm, I'm absolutely right. He shouldn't be anywhere near the board. He's 75, he's a legend of the club. The club have just won two county championships. You know, I think from 2002 to now 2016, yes, the debt has risen. You know, but he's been on that board as well. And while he was on the board, the debt rose by 60%. So he's no... Fa I'll listen to Boycott all day long on forward defence, and they played a lot of those. I'll listen to him about batting, cricket. His knowledge is wonderful, but he's no financial expert. OK, well, um, let's just uh, introduce tonight with um, a little bit of the flavour of the kind of incredible shots and, and dynamic batting that you can see in T20. I made a, a little video of... The guy that I think I'd always pay to go and watch play cricket, I luck, we're lucky that we don't have to pay to watch, uh, but this guy would pay to watch definitely a lot of money. Uh, A.B. de Villiers, a, a stunning batsman, the, the best one-day batsman in the world, a guy who's probably going to light up the tournament in India at some stage, the guy that England have got to try and silence in their first match as well because they're playing South Africa early in the tournament next week. And so I've just put together a little video just highlighting some of his amazing shots. Number three, it's the amazing A.B. de Villiers. Has any batsman ever been capable of such extremes? Resolute blocking for hours on end to save a test match and outrageous hitting to win a one-day match. Don't forget, he's got a one-day century in just 31 balls. In one-day cricket, De Villiers plays shots that no-one else even thought of, never mind attempted. A brilliant sportsman as a junior in all sorts of disciplines, he brings that multi-sports ability to his batting, with flicks and backhanders from tennis, and that huge drive out of the ground with a massive follow-through that borrows a lot from golf. De Villiers' batting has total 360-degree range. He must be the world's first truly ambidextrous batsman. He is totally fearless and the ultimate team man. AB stands for absolutely brilliant. But that's just a little flavour of the kind of amazing shots that that you see in T20. Did you ever play any shots like that? That was very good, Simon. <laughs> Apart from when your face came on the screen. Know, um, it ruins it, doesn't it? You know, I, I just think with what you find in, in, in cricket these days, for, for, for the period that we played, and it was a long time ago, cricket was, in, in, I'm talking batting now, was very much a rocking motion. So when you bat, nowadays it's very much of a twisting golf style tennis motion. 
So you go back to the 80s, you go back to the 90s, very much about getting your, your head and shoulder leading towards the ball. So that's the rocking motion, dipping into the shots. Now that you see a player, and, and all the players are trying, you see this twisting motion, you see that you, yeah, they come very yeah. square onto the ball, which is why they're gaining so much power. So you, you look at a golfer, the twisting motion is what golfers require to do. I look at a lot of the T20 players now, and that's what they're trying to achieve. And you mentioned, you know, I, I guess the bats that they use these days, all the old school players will say, oh yeah, the bats are bigger and the better. I really think that, yes, they have improved the willows in the hand, but it's more the motion of the technique has changed because they're, they're twisting into the ball and they're kind of moving the body into the ball. But it's also hand speed. You know, a very mm. similar thing's happening in golf where, you know, your technology's getting better and the, the clubs are getting, you know, better and the ball can fly that bit further. But the hand speed of golfers and, and now particularly batsmen in T20 cricket of getting the hands through the ball with so much speed is that's why the ball's traveling so far. And I, I have no question that if you put an old school bat of the 80s, 90s into the hands of one of the modern players now, the ball will still tra travel miles out of the ground. It's just this new technique which has arisen. And, and also the, the mindset of no fear. You mentioned it in your piece that someone like A.B. de Villas has no fear. I wouldn't have any fear if I could play like that. No, quite. Um, they don't have fear because they've been brought up with this kind of technique they've been brought up with the mindset is that doesn't matter there's a boundary rider out there at mid-wicket you've got the you technique. hit it over his head well, you smack it into the stands yeah. you smack it out the ground you put it down onto and the also street. if you get caught by a fielder on the boundary whereas you know probably certainly in my era maybe less in your era but you get told off wouldn't you you get a bullocking from the coach what a stupid shot there's a man there why did you go and play that shot but now in this sort of form of the game if you get out caught and the man's on the boundary, you're almost sort of encouraged, well, you know, okay, n never mind, but have a go next time. Yeah, I, I think that's a fine balance. You know, I, I still think if you're getting caught on the edge, you've played a poor shot. You know, there's more shots, there's different shots that you can actually hit a ball and not be aiming at that guy on the edge. So I think sometimes that a, a modern player would uh, use it as an excuse, yeah, yeah but that's yeah. just the way that we play. Yeah. So, for instance, England. England have been wonderful in one-day cricket now for a year. Complete different kind of mindset and approach to what we've seen for many, many years. And they're picking the right style of players. But I do think they are going a little bit... So I, I, it's like almost. poker. They're all in. Yeah. Every single game they going play, blind. it's all in. Everything's... They don't look at the pitch. They don't look at the conditions. They just go all in. You know, you're going to lose hands. You know, I think they can be smarter and better than that. They've just yeah. got to play the situation that a little bit better. You know, you don't win a World Cup by going all in on every single occasion. Now and again, you've got to realise that a pitch is 280. Just because you got 330 on the first game of the series doesn't mean that you're going to get 330 on every single pitch that you play on. So I think the England team are on a, a real nice curve. They're going in a, a nice direction, but they've also got to realise that that awareness of the game situations and, and different conditions. And once they get that and that smartness and that comes with experience, they're going to be a proper team. Just, just going back to De Villiers again one more time. Um, I mean, I, I can't praise him highly enough. And one of the things that is interesting about him is that, that we saw from those videos there how he can hit the ball in different directions from different spots. Now, if we just look at this graphic here, which I've called up from Hawkeye, you'll see um, it looks a bit complicated, but it's, it's actually quite simple. The yellow balls are the ones he's hit on the leg side, and the red ones are the ones he's hit on the offside. And, and how that really confounds traditional batting because quite a few, normally you'd expect the ball's on your legs 
would be hit to the leg side and the balls outside off stump would be hit to the offside. But you can see that some of those balls, like the, the, um, the red one on his left knee, he's managed to hit through the offside by backing away. And the yellow ball, way outside off stump, and the, the yellow ball kind of quite high out, just by his, the end of his back, he's managed to hit on the leg side because he's walked right across his stumps. So it, it, although T20 to some people might be a bit uh, radical and, and kind of a bit of a slog, there, there is amazing repertoire and range to these batsmen. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to go and see some of the, the young players at Yorkshire develop and, and kind of look at the way that they practice. And the only thing I ever say to them is, look, when you're practicing, they have machines now that can deliver a ball at any spot that you want. So I always say to them, right, get a ball to be delivered, say the off-stump ball full of length. Now, you as a younger player, you have to work away of realising that that same ball that pitches there you've got to try and hit it 360 degrees. Up to you to decide how you're going to do it. But the only way that you can be the best player in the world, and that's what you've got to aim to be, is by hitting that same ball there all the way around the ground. So as soon as the captain moves a field, you can go, all right, you've moved a fielder there, I can put it over there. You've put a fielder there, all right, I'm going to put it over there. But that's the same ball. And then once you've done that ball, you go, right, I'm going to have to do the same routine to the ball that's on leg stump. And this is what all the real quality players, Joe Root, A.B. de Villiers, Steve Smith, Virat Kohli, this is how they train now. They train with the machines, they get it on different lengths, different lines, and they try and hit all those different lines and lengths to all parts of the ground. Yeah. That's why you've seen so many different shots. And that's the graphic there that you can see that it doesn't really matter where you bowl to A.B. de Villiers. If he decides that he's going to hit you to over backward point, he'll work away. Yeah. If he decides he's going to get you to, to fine leg, I'm afraid as a bowler, he, he's going to get it there. And, and, and that, that's the wonderful way of, of some of the players. I think bowlers have yeah. got to try and counteract yeah. that with something. But well, I've been trying to think for a long time, if I was a bowler, what I would do, I'd cheat. Or give up. Well, I would. I, 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 can a I, I can understand why spinners try and get a little bit of the bent arm action, just try and get more revolutions that's, that's on the ball. That's been banned now. Well, yeah, and no, I, I wouldn't ban that. I, I think it's, it's spin, it's not going to hurt you, get over it. And I really think that that's something that, you know, bowlers, bowlers have, have to, to look come at. Back. They're so limited. I mean, I, I agree with you, but it's, uh, the bowlers are so limited. I mean, I've been trying to say to some of the young England bowlers, try going round the wicket, bowl behind the stumps, bowl at different, from different places because batsmen are batting in different places. They're moving all over the place. So bowlers have got to bowl, you know, jump out wide or go in close or, you know, bowl a little bit earlier than the batsman is expecting. Bowl from the back crease rather than the front crease, for well, instance. In T20 cricket, I actually think you, you, you're as likely to have as much success if you don't know what you're trying to produce as a bowler. So if you've no idea really what's coming out of your arm, there's no chance that the batsman's going to know. If you're consistent, so if you're a test match star bowler, that's why you see a lot of test match quality of consistent line and length. In T20 cricket, they get smashed out of the ground because it's the easiest ball to hit. Yeah, the length you know, the, ball. Those that exactly. have success in T20 cricket, they have a little bit of unorthodox about the action. They're a bit different. Malinga, you know, Santoki from the West Indies had that sling. You know, mystery spin, spinning it both ways is... Is, is a must. You know, if you just spin it one way now in T20 cricket, you might get an over, you might get nine balls where you do okay, but the remaining few balls of your spell are probably going to the stands. So you've got to have that mystery of taking wickets. And, and, and the World Cup that's just started in India, I think the bowlers that have that mystery of bowling either way, I think the leg spinners are going to be crucial. So for England, 
Adil Rashid's going to have, a, have a, an incredible tournament. If Rashid produces the magic like he did in the Big Bash, England can compete. If he doesn't, I don't see Moeen Ali, who's just an orthodox off-spinner with just one way of spinning the ball. In India, you know, he might have, again, a, an over or two which is competitive, but he'll have an over or two that might disappear into the stands, and that's why Rashid's going to be so important. Before we get on, we can just uh, preview the, the series a little bit, the, the tournament a little bit in a minute, but before we get on to that, let's just have a, a straw poll here about uh, what you guys feel about T20 compared to, say, Test cricket. So, hands up if you prefer Test cricket to T20. Let me see. So, that's quite a few, actually. Okay, that's probably more than half. Hands up if you prefer T20 to Test. Only two. Interesting. Okay, so those who prefer T20, and there are only two people, can we find out from you why you prefer it? Can you put your hand up again if you said you prefer T20? Why do you prefer T20? Um, I guess I find it a lot more exciting. Um, you've also got, like you've just demonstrated, it takes a lot more skill to a certain level. Um, surely a test match requires a lot more patience, but I personally think T20 probably requires a bit more skill, a bit more creative thinking. Um, and at the end of the day, I think it's... It, I think I find it a lot more exciting. Um, so, but I think what you've, what you've almost said in a way is that T20 requires more patience, uh, sorry, test match cricket requires more patience to watch as well as it does to play in a way. What, what about the other person who said T20? What, what, what's your kind of take on T20 cricket? Why do you like it more? I, think, I agree with my man over there. Uh, the pace of the game, I think, is a lot more exciting. It's a more watchable game, I find, um, in terms of, you know, that you're on the attack at T20, you're playing the ball all the time, so there's no time to sort of, you know, let the game go by you as a player. So I think watching-wise, it feels like a more exciting game to me. Okay, well, let's, let's go to somebody who put their hand up for test cricket now, and you've got to counter the argument. So, hands up who, who, who said they definitely preferred test cricket, and don't all be shy suddenly. Come on. Well, so, so let, let's say you at the front here then. One of you two guys at the front. Why do you prefer test cricket? So test cricket tests your character, patience, everything, every scale. I mean, a scale which will be tested in T20 can be tested in test cricket as well. I mean, I, I like watching test cricket. I mean, test cricket has always been there. Yes, T20, yes. Once in a while, you can watch. You can play as well. I mean, you can criticize that. But overall, test cricket is the ultimate game, I would say. What do you prefer? Well, I, I love all forms. I think about cricket's great is that you can feed every mindset. You know, you can feed a, a mindset that's about here and now, three hours, done and dusted. Then you can feed the mindset that likes the longer format with a game of chess, if you like, and it's a, a real tactical, mental game in test match cricket. There's 50 overs in, in the middle of that as well. You know, test match cricket is the ultimate. It's the, it's the game that really challenges you as an individual because... It challenges your mind, doesn't it? As much well, as it... I mean, we've sort of heard that a little bit from, from the audience here too. Well, it challenges you because, you know, you, you may arrive on day one. You, on many occasions, I'd scored naught on day one, yet you've still got four days to play, so you've got to be with the team and you've got to be with your mind to make sure that you arrive on day two 
knowing possibly that you're not going to get a bat, but you're going to have to field all day, you still be with the team. And then by day three, potentially day four, you've got to go out there and bat again. So it's the constant drain of the brain of um, testing you mentally of how you're going to react to, you know, a lot of it's disappointment. You know, yes, there's great times where you get hundreds, you win games, but I would say the, the main kind of difficulty with test match cricket is dealing with disappointment and how you deal with those days where you know that you've got to come back from a real poor day as a bowler the first day you might have a bad 20 overs and then you have to come back on day two to respond to that but i just think t20 i, I agree with you actually many of the the old players will say yeah there's no there's no pressure in t20 cricket it's just there's lots of pressure there's the ultimate pressure yeah, there's yeah. more crowds Everyone's expecting. Well, and every ball is an event, isn't it? In a way, I mean, we, we saw today um, Afghanistan. Sorry, Oman. I keep saying Afghanistan. Oman played Ireland, and believe it or not, they won. Oman beat Ireland about uh, 40 minutes ago, uh, but the, the, the one of the Irish batsmen played out a maiden. Now you're saying that playing out a maiden in T20 is a droppable offence. <laughs> I think it's uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just don't get how you can play a maiden out in, in, in T20 cricket because. You play four balls and you've had four dot balls. A captain, I'm captain in T20 cricket. For those remaining two balls of the over, you put everyone on the ring. Just allow them to have the singles. So I don't see how you can get a, a maiden in, in T20 cricket, but it happened today. Um, but that's the ultimate pressure. I, you know, I, yeah. I really do think that T20 cricket has taken cricket pressure of that moment of delivery to the ultimate. You know, a big bash game in Melbourne was played, you know, and this is a domestic competition, was played in front of 85,000 people. You go to the, the IPL in India, which starts just after the T20 World Cup, there'll be 110,000 people in Calcutta. So I think T20, it, I, I believe it's safe cricket. I really do, I safe, think. Safe, safe, I do, I think, it's, cricket, I think yeah. it's safe cricket. I think it's made it cool. I think it will create revenue streams around the world. It has done in Australia, it has done in India. It will do here when I've, Eventually, yeah. uh, a, a franchise-style eight-team city tournament, it will arrive here in 2020. Razzmatazz, it'll bring a new audience. And that'll be good for the game. I, I don't see it as a competitive nature. I just see it as a, a real good format where new audiences, new maybe girls and, and younger kids... Families. Can, can, they can get it. You know, As long as you activate the fan properly at the grounds and you put on a real good show, which we've seen in the Big Bash is the key... You know, you get your stars playing. It's, it's an amazing product, but there's nothing like a, a test match either. I, I love all, all stars. It's great. Cricket. I mean, you know, cricket in a way is, is so lucky, I think. I mean, we, we've got cricket in this country now for over 300 years, since the 1700s it's been played in England. And I think cricket's great survival uh, mechanism, in a way, is its adaptability. Because in those early days, 1700s, there was 11 aside, there was six aside, there was single wicket competitions, double wicket competitions, a lot of gambling went on. And ever since, cricket has been able to adapt to different environments. We've had five-day cricket, obviously. We've got th we had three-day cricket in my era. Now it's four-day county cricket. We've got one-day cricket, and we've got the 2020 version. We've even got super overs, you know, one over play one over so you know it is such an adaptable game and there is science in the t20 competition i think that will come out more and more actually as teams work out formulas for for how to deal with different sections different phases of the game now I, 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 who's going to win this world t20 well i'm going to give you some some clues here and we're going to do a little bit of science for five minutes by putting up the table here of recent performances of the teams involved. 
And they're in an order of uh, win ratios. So India clearly are, are the most successful team in the last two years against the other international sides, the other best sides around. Um, now, if we sort of just analyse that a little bit more deeply, India, if you look along the line there, yeah, obviously they've won 13 and lost only five in the last two years. Batting average of 31, which actually is not the highest. Um, South Africa have the highest batting average over that period. But look at their bowling average, 19.25, which is the best. And their economy rate is also, I think, the best. So clearly, although we think of T20 as a batsman's game, you know, big hitters, Chris Gale, etc., winning games, actually, the Indian team have been successful because of their bowlers. And the bowlers, a bit, a little bit that, that, Mark, that, that Michael mentioned before, um, they've got mystery spinners. They've got a guy called Ravi Ashwin who swins, spins the ball both ways. They've got a left-arm spinner who can bowl fast and slow, Ravi Jadeja. They've also got a very good death bowlers, people bowling at the end of the innings, unknown, unknown bowlers, like a guy called Jasper Bumra, who has got a weird action but he's quite hard to pick and, and bowls very good Yorkers. And it's funnily enough, it's the, it's the bowling that has actually made India the most successful team and the favourites for the tournament. They're playing obviously in their home grounds as well. Look down the list and let's have a look at England, whose recent T20 form actually has been pretty good, although they don't, it doesn't look like it from this table, but they've actually won six out of about eight in the last year. And see their weakness, their batting, is actually strike rate, run rate, 8.34 is the best, apart from Australia. Very, very good run rate, but their bowling is terrible. 29 average, 8.81 economy rate, giving away nearly nine and over. So that's where England have to try and sort of improve, I think, and, and their batting is pretty good. But India are going to be the team to beat, clearly from, from that table. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't look beyond India. I mean, with the, they've just won the Asia Cup, They've got all the, the quality of experience because of, you know, if you actually look at the caps in the Indian squad, they've got Harbhajan Singh in there, they've got Yuraj Singh and they've got Neera in there, they've got Dhoni, they've got Virat. Amazing Kohli, batting, haven't they? Rohit Sharma, Dawan. Yeah. They've got everything covered in experience with the experience of the IPL as well. They're on home saw. They cope with the pressure of, of winning the 50 over World Cup on home saw, which was a, was a big hurdle because everyone thought, oh, maybe the, the, the pressure will be getting too much for the, the Indian side. But... They know how to deal with that, and MS Dhoni is the, is the coolest cookie in town when it gets to the pressure zone. So some teams are going to have to play an incredible three-hour game to beat them. You know, we've just seen them win that Asia Cup by strolling it, really. Yeah, they got put under a, a couple of pressure occasions, but I, I just think they know how to win that. They, w they beat Australia 3-0, didn't they? Yeah, they recently. just know how to win the... the you know, T20 cricket, you, you break it into little fractions of the game, that first six overs... They just know how to win that first yeah. six overs, and then you break it to that six to a 14 period where you, you still go for it, but you're kind of setting up for the final six. And Emma Stoney is just a past master of knowing exactly how to set the game the up. The finisher. You've got Jadeja, who's very clever in that period as well. You know, I mean, Bangladesh are at the bottom of that list. They got to the Asia Cup final, and Indian wickets with the spin options. Mataza as captain is very, very clever. You know, they've got a, a few younger players that, you know, I haven't heard of, to be honest, but they've come in through and I've watched them recently. They're, they're very, you know, good on those kind of wickets. Pakistan, 
world cups generally get the best out of them, but you're never too sure what. Well, they what they're going to produce. Pakistan, interestingly, have got three left-arm fast bowlers, and that's an area which has been quite an interesting development in T20, particularly and one-day cricket. Left-arm over, and they've got three very different left-arm overs. They've got. Um, Wahab Riaz, who's fast and aggressive and a bit mad, and they've got uh, the very tall guy, um, Irfan, what's his name? Patan. Uh, not Irfan Patan. Mohammed uh, Irfan, yeah, who's seven foot one. Unbelievable. Why is he not playing basketball? And then, and, <laughs> and then they've got um, the, the recovered or re re returned Mohammed Amir as well, well who's really good. So Pakistan have got. Now, why is it? Why, why are left arm fast bowlers effective? More effective. Well, I, I just think with left arm, as you you know, you and then you've got left arm, right arm. You can defend one side of the ground. You know, most grounds have one side of the ground. Like you want to try and get the batsman to hit towards. England won the the T20 World Cup in Barbados uh, a few Ryan years ago. Ryan side bottom. Ryan side bottom, and they just tried it, and it was very windy. Are you going to talk Caribbean. about anyone apart from Yorkshire players? Well, no, because they generally, when Eng England are winning, they've got Yorkshire players in it. So <laughs> I can't argue with that. Pretty true. Um, well, so, they, so what? What happened is they 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 bowl the left arm and they, and they can hit towards the the wind or the bigger side of the ground, and also that ability. If the, a white ball is going to swing, it's going to swing for the first two or three overs. Generally, those that have great success bowl with the, the brand new ball first over and swing it back into the pads, and because you're trying to hit the ball, there's a chance that you're going to get some wickets as well. So I think that's why they're a threat. Um, bowling those wide Yorkers as well, you know, with a little bit of tail when the ball gets to the 16, 17, 18 over mark. Again, with the ball shaping away from the right-hander, really bowled towards the, the white line, the umpire's line, you bowl inside that. You can only get hit to one side, and I think that's why captains really like the left arm. I'd, I'd love a left arm in my team if I was skipper in the team, because you know you can if they get it right. And you've got to set fields for when the bowlers are getting it right. You can set a, a, a field that you can kind of block out. If you've got a right arm that's going straight, going wide, it can go to all parts. The 360 degrees comes into play. So I think with left armers, there's not a, it's, it's a lot harder for a batsman to hit the ball 360 degrees, and that's what you're trying to protect in T20 cricket, is making sure that you're not giving them all the options of hitting you to all the parts of the ground. You know, also, I think Mohamed Amir is going to be great to add. You know, it's, it's quite staggering that he's back playing, Amazing, in my yeah. opinion. But, yeah. you know, what well, you wouldn't him, have allowed him back, you mean? I, I, I didn't. So you'd ban Maria Sharapova for life, would you? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. She cheated. Yeah. No, yeah. no question. Yeah, I just it's interesting. Think, my she, kids, you see, it's funny. I mean, my kids are saying, "Oh, let, let her off, for, you know, ban her for two years." I'm going, "Well, why?" Well, because she's a really good player and she sounded sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of. Oh, so if know. she was really bad, just ban her. That's that's fine. I'd, I'd, I'd clear any cheats out of the sport. W would you rather have won the Ashes or would you rather hold the uh, off the World Cup? No, I'm, I, the Ashes is for me. I, I enjoyed that. Why? I don't know. I mean, you beat Australia. <laughs> I wouldn't mind beating Australia in the but World Cup. But you're beating the world when you're winning the World Cup. Yeah, but it's Australia. It's different. It's more like sort of fathers and sons, isn't it? It's like beating your son, in a way. We're the mother country. Yeah, you know? and your uncle and everyone to go with it. It's, yeah. uh, oh, the Ashes are... I mean, I was brought up with... You know, it's a different era now. You know, I was brought up purely on the longer format of the game. It was, you know, defence, leave, you know, batting for long periods of time. Australia dominated throughout my... You know, time coming up through county cricket in the 90s, try to work the way into the, the England side, and all of a sudden, I get into the England side, 
we get hammered in a, in a series in Australia 4-1. They were dominating, bullying in a, in a way because of their mindset. You know, they really make you feel quite small on the pitch. Steve War is a skipper. You know, by 05, I, I, I wanted a bit of that. You know, I wanted to try and beat them and, you know, to try and do it in the right fashion. The only way, you know, you could compete with that Australian side was to kind of meet fire with fire and just take them on, take risks. And this is the, the T20 World Cup in, in a way that, I don't think you can win any big tournament without taking big risks. I don't think you can do anything in life without taking risks. And I think that's where... That was the secret of your 05. Yeah, massive risk. We could have lost 5-0. You know, the way that we played, we were smart at times, but we had to play the way they played just to match them. So it was very aggressive with the bat, you know, with the ball in hand, set fields that we knew we might get hit for runs, but ultimately it was about getting those 10 wickets. And then, you know, also you need a bit of luck. Win the toss at the right time. Bat first was crucial because Shane Warne... Put the, put the ball out for the Australian fast bowler to yeah, trip Glenn on. McGraw trip, tripping over a ball or two. That, that's, that's, that's fine. Well, that's, how, do, that's how do you balance risk and good sense? Though? I mean, how do you... You lost that first test and you're taking risks. You know, it was like two bull elephants meeting head on, but you lost. But then you weren't afraid to take risks the second time. How did you know to do that? Well, I, I just think if, you, if, if you're taking a risk to, to play a certain way... Actually, in the first test match, we didn't take enough risks. Our batsmen were too timid. They didn't, didn't take them on enough. And I was disappointed with that because I'd picked the style of player to be really aggressive. And we were a little bit, oh, you know, McGrath's a good bowler and, and kind of went into our shells. And Warney spins it, so we kind of just blocked it a little bit. The next test match, it was a, a clear game plan. If Shane Warne flicks it in the air, you try to whack it into the stands. You know, if a leg spinner bowls at you so, in the net. So you're saying back yourself and be fearless, really? Yeah, I mean, is, a, that, is that something that works in life, do you think? Yeah, it can do. Not always. You know, it's, it's, it's a risk that I felt was worth taking. And by the time that it works and you get back to 1-1, you just go, guys, just keep going with it. You know, you have to keep going with it. And that's why this T20 World Cup will be won by the team that takes the risk at the right time. But there'll also be a period where a team will go, yeah, we don't actually need 190. You know, we've lost a couple of wickets. We, we can't just keep going for the sixes. 140 will be enough. Just get 140, 150 on this kind of wicket and we'll win. If England think they're going to win a World Cup by just whacking it all the time, yes, it's great to watch and I love the, the mindset, but they might just have to have a period where they go, you know what, let's just get in the game. South Africa just recently in the one-day series, they should have won that series easily. And the only reason they didn't win that series was because of... They, got, they went a bit mad, actually. They were they just, they it was, went, I mean, it's quite fun to watch. It was fun to watch. I mean, Owen Morgan said to me at one stage, near the end of the series... I said, why did you get bowled out for three overs from the end, you know, all playing big shots? And he said, well, we saw the short boundary and we just wanted to all hit the ball that way. So uh, you, you can get into this sort of mindset where you're just fixated on dominance uh, at any cost. And, and it did cost England a bit. We should mention, by the way, that you can follow the whole of the ICC World Cup on the app from the app store. There is a, an ICC official app which gives you all the details, all the stats and so on. Let, let, let's just uh, sort of open it up to you guys. I mean, is, what, what would you like to ask if we get some questions here about anything in cricket? I mean, clearly the T20 World Cup is, is uppermost in our minds, but there's obviously other cricket going on this summer as well. I have two questions. First for you, Simon. Uh, you wrote an article, I would say, one year back that MS Dhoni is right up there to be the sports person of 21st century. Do you still stick to that? I do. I, I mean, I, I don't like the way that his uh, image has been... What, worldwide? ...tarnished. Worldwide? What, yeah. worldwide? What, 
wait a minute. What, what? Well, this was this was sort of um, after the probably after the World Cup. After wasn't the it? World Cup, one it year was back. After, after one year back. I mean, I, I certainly thought after his performance in the World Cup 2011. I thought it was an astonishing performance to lift in it because he actually volunteered, didn't he, in that final to go up the order. And he had been in no form at all. And suddenly he came on and smashed about 97. And I mean, things he did after that, I was on a one day series in India the following year. And they played the, the first ever one day international at his hometown, which is Raj. Runchy, that's, that's right, Runchy. Yeah. And, you know, the way he kind of threw himself into it, and of course he was out there at the end to hit the winning runs, and I don't know, the way he threw himself into it and, and was so kind of passionate about the Indian game. Now, I know there's been uh, question marks over his involvement with the Chennai Super Kings and the IPL ever since, and, you know, his, uh, you know th th there's, there's obviously a little bit of a cloud that has kind of descended over his image, but I definitely thought two years ago, two, three years ago, I thought he was an amazing individual who, who gave himself so much to the game and contributed so much and was, a, a, you know, an absolutely riveting guy to watch. Uh, to Michael, Ian Morgan, three weeks back, uh, gave a statement, gave an interview saying that England doesn't have a realistic chance to lift the World Cup trophy, World T20 trophy. How discouraging was that a statement from a coming from a captain of a national side? Did he say that? Yes, I read this on my way back to home in Evening Standard. I have the cutting with me as well. I was, well, I was, I, 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 I haven't read that. I mean, I'd like to see that, but I was um, surprised. I was literally surprised coming from a national team captain. I sorry, I asked this question to Mark Ramprakash at Lords, and he said it's a ridiculous statement coming from a captain. What do you think? Is that what he said? I like the way you go around just asking questions. You go to everywhere, don't you? That's nice. Um, no, what, the one thing you have to have as a leader is uh, ultimate confidence that you can win. You know, even if you, I really believe captaincy, the art of it and, and doing it well is conning the rest of the team. You know, it's an acting job. As much as you, you know, you have to have a good strategy out in the middle. You you have to be very clever in in your tactics, team selection. You know, the, the ability of a captain to stand in the dressing room and actually take the other 10, 15 in the squad with you in a, in, on a journey that is actually conning them to thinking that they can win something. That's a real skill in itself. You look at Brendan McCullum of what he has done with New Zealand cricket over the last three or four years as a captain. Yes, he's got a few good players, but he hasn't got as good a players as what he's taken them to. So what he's done with them, he's basically said that we're going to play this brand of cricket and we're going to keep playing that brand. And when you've got the ball in hand, we're going to have four or five slips. We're going to keep going for wickets. Because I believe you. I think you're going to get wickets all the time. You know, you hit that ball in that full of length area. Honestly, they'll make a mistake and all those slips are going to grab the ball. You know, I bet some of the bowlers probably looked like no chance. And he's kept on convincing them. And that's the art of captaincy. The art of leadership is conning people. You know, I think Owen Morgan, if he believes that England aren't going to win, I'd suggest he gets on the plane back. Because he can win, you know. T Twenty cricket is a funny game. It's uh, could that be a, a, a sort of ruse though to try and make your to reduce your own expectations in your team and almost sort of be under the radar? Yeah, but it doesn't work in this in this world. I think England won that World Cup in Barbados a few years ago. No one gave him a chance, and I, I put that T Twenty World Cup victory for England right up there because no one gave him. I think they were like eighth favourites going into that tournament. And they produced a strategy, they produced those slow ball bounces which surprised the opposition. 
And England will require that. They'll have to produce something tactically and strategically that we've not really seen before yeah. to surprise the opposition. That's what I'm worried about. I've no idea what it is. Well, I, don't I don't know what it is do. out there. And, and, and I'm I don't not sure they know what it is either at the moment. Yeah, so that's what Owen's going to have to do. If he does that, Paul Collingwood did that in that T20 in, in the Caribbean. But maybe he's just trying to con you all to think that and deflate the situation. But what, one of the, re- one of the things that England did have in that tournament was they had about five or six players that had played in the IPL, didn't they? Including Collingwood, the captain. And that, that does seem to be a massive influence, to have been able to play enough yeah, cricket the, under I, that pressure in I, that environment. I remember that, that tournament, and it was on the back of the IPL. Yeah. And that's why England were given no chance, because everyone said, well, England can't, can't win. There wasn't that many players who had played well, there was, that much there was about IPL. about four or five. But they hadn't been playing in the teams, they'd been sat on the bench. And they said, how can England win the World Cup? Because you've got India, the New Zealanders, the South Africans, the Australians, all been playing in the IPL. Well, what happened was that all those that had been in the IPL, they were knackered. So England had capitalised on, on, on play. They got bored of playing 20. They'd played nine weeks non-stop 2020 cricket, those that had been in the IPL. So they got bored with it. And England kind of produced a system yeah. and a strategy and it worked. Well, what you're finding in this tournament, that's why I just say India are so clear favourites because it's before the IPL, they're fresh. Yes, they've been playing probably a month of T20 cricket getting ready with the Asia Cup and they just look ripe for it. Dhoni, I can't think that he's going to make the next one. He's won a World Cup 50 over in his own country. I'd be staggered if he's not lifting that trophy in a a few weeks' time. Let's have another question. Lady over there. Um, I'm not sure you two can do anything about this, but I spent most of the um, South Africa-England Test Match Series and ODI Series glued to TMS because I don't have Sky Sports. If um, we want to get more people watching cricket, can we please have some more cricket on terrestrial TV? I mean, there is, there is some terrestrial TV cricket, if, if, in a way, at the moment, because the BBC have actually got the highlights rights to this tournament, the, the World T20. And I think that's going to be the way it'll go for a while because... Basically, nobody can afford to pay the same amounts of money that Sky and BT can offer. And the boards are all going to try and sell, you know, the the big tournaments to those very, very big payers. So the way to be able to watch... And, you know, there's Channel 5 highlights, which we obviously both work on, and I think is a good product. It's a very good show. It's a good product. I mean, that isn't live, but it is almost live. And sometimes we're on air when the play is still going on. So it kind of is live in a way. But I think that the the way that people watch cricket now, if you look at my kids, for instance, they watch everything on YouTube. I'm sure yours do as well. Um, Probably plenty of you, you or your kids do too. And I think the more that time goes on, the more platforms there are, and the ICC app, for instance, is also showing highlights, clips of of all the games on the the World T20. I think it's going to go more like that. And the trouble with, say, the BBC or ITV is that they can't schedule. They've got so much other stuff now, daytime TV, which sells and delivers. And test cricket in particular is very unpredictable. Some tests last two and a half days. Some of them last five days. So they can't really set their schedules very easily to be able to cater for test cricket. So the best way of dealing with that is to show highlights clips on their websites and things like that, which most people can access. Yeah, that's, that's an, an easy excuse. You know, the reality is that it has to be seen on terrestrial TV. There has to be a, a moment where the ECB... But how do we get to that No, it's stage? very simple. Very, very simple. The administration of the game have to realise that we have a product now that's very easy to schedule for terrestrial TV. T20 cricket, three and a half hours, you can schedule that on terrestrial TV. Yes, they need to bid for it, but more so the game needs it to happen. 
So the next round of broadcasting agreement, which is next year the tender agreements, the international games, tr uh, test match cricket, 50 over cricket, that's not going to ever happen on terrestrial television. I just can't see how it can, as Simon said, the scheduling. So what will happen is the new T20 tournament, and it will arrive, it certainly will, it'll be like the Big Bash, it'll be a four or five week window, eight teams. That has to be given yeah, to terrestrial station to try and get the brand out there. I talk about cricket that I just don't think there's enough cafe chat. And what I mean by cafe chat, the Monday morning, I, I have a full fry up every Monday morning. Go into my local cafe and I always listen around. I, I just, I'm interested about what people are talking about. Not once has cricket ever been the topic of conversation on a Monday morning. And that worries me. Now, if you can get it on terrestrial TV and you can get BBC involved or an ITV and you can get a new audience watching the game and stumbling across cricket, well, cricket can grow and grow and it becomes part of it. And it will be the T20 style format. And if you get them involved in T20 cricket, you know, a young fan might go, what else is involved in it? Oh, that's a fact. There's 50 overs cricket and then there's test match cricket. So I'd be amazed if uh, the ECB aren't looking at the next round of deals of giving the T20 rights to a terrestrial show, maybe in partnership with a, a pay-per-view because you do need that powerhouse of cash. If you get that, I think the, the brand will build. And then once that tournament's set up, and it might be two years, three years, you might be able to get away with putting it on pay-per-view fully because everyone's kind of bought into it. It's a, a razzmatazz show. I'll give you a step. So Australia has every single piece of action that Australia cricket, Big Bash, Channel 10, Channel 9, every single Australian can see every single ball in Australia. Their cricket participation in the last two years has grown by 37%. Cricket in the UK, we like it, obviously you're here, it's going like this. And the, the powerhouses might say, oh no, it's not, it's fine, it is going like this. The stats tell you that if 100 kids are asked what their favourite sport is, only five put cricket in the top five. And the list of sports now that you say to a kid of 10... 34 sports. Yeah, you say, name is just 34. In the 80s, there were seven. So cricket is competing with so many different sports. You know, cycling is the biggest sport in the UK. And because we've got Olympic champions, we've got people that we've seen, Victoria Pendleton, Chris Hoy, Wigo, we see them on a regular basis. So kids go, I want a piece of that. You know, golf's taking a massive hit. Saturday afternoon cricket, you know, I've, I've been kind of arguing with leagues on a Saturday, the, the kind of every league that you play in, the Middlesex League, Yorkshire League. So they continue to play 50 overs on a Saturday, 60 overs in some cases, too long. You know, parents want to be with their kids on a Saturday day, Sunday day. Why can't you play 20 overs on a Saturday morning? You know, so people are still playing the game. I'm a massive advert that plastic cricket, you know, plastic bats, plastic balls, they should carry on playing that because why would you want to defer someone from playing cricket just because they might get hurt? You know, and that's a realistic fact. That, you know, you might get hurt, so you don't want to play the game. You know, a hard ball coming out, you go, oh, I don't want to play. Well, carry on with plastic balls, plastic bats. We should have a plastic ball, plastic bat system in the country where we as adults might want to play that. You know, why would you want to defer anyone from playing cricket? It doesn't matter what cricket it is. It could be beach cricket, indoor cricket, five-a-side. It doesn't matter. As long as people are playing cricket, they'll watch cricket and they'll talk about cricket. And once we get that, you know what? It might start to grow again. I'll, I'll add to that by saying that um, I think that if you look at other sports in the world at the moment, domestic sport is sort of where it's at in a way. America, domestic sport is a thing that sells. 
in uh, football, it's the Champions League, it's the Premiership that sells. In cricket, it's the IPL and it's the big bash, domestic tournaments. So I agree with Michael, if we can generate uh, interest in a, well, we will generate interest if we create an eight-team or ten-team franchise, city-based type tournament in two or three years' time, I think it'd be massive for, for this country and we will be able to sell it to terrestrial TV. And I think, you know, the rugby... Six Nations is an interesting indicator to that because it's shared between BBC and ITV. Well, so they've the, managed the, the, to be the able to share. So, so the FA Cup, for the last two years, it's been on the BBC um, and BT. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a combination. You know, the, the FA Cup has now become quite well known again because we all can see it. I mean, Peterborough versus, I don't know who the replay, West Brom, I think it was. They had 7.8 million watching the replay. I mean, that's a huge figure. You know, you actually forget that City go to Chelsea and they put out a, an under-five team. But it's the, you know, kind of go, well, the FA Stucks Cup's become cool again. You know, because everyone's talking about it, everyone's seen it. Massive game, Man United versus West Ham, you know, in, in, a, in a week or so's time. And it's back being kind of part of that cafe chat. You know, Monday morning you walk in the cafes once the FA Cup's been on the weekend, everyone's talking about it because they've seen it. Cricket needs that. I can't believe your um, recommendations for wins every weekend football is based on your cafe chat on a Monday morning with a load of lorry drivers. All I can say, if you've not seen me accumulate, please follow. <laughs> okay, um, I think we've got sort of time for a couple more. So, anybody else got a, a burning question? Man at the back? I've been talking about Test cricket in 2020. We've not spoken about one-day cricket hardly at all. Do you think it has a future? I think it's a great game, 50-over cricket. I mean, it, you know, the, the great thing about being able to create an event is to make sure it's on at a time when people can watch. So day-night cricket, for instance, in other parts of the world, even in England at certain times of the year, 2.30 start, it means that even if you've got to work until five or six, you can get along for the second innings. And I think the one thing about the, the 50 over game, which I still like, is that it doesn't depend on one dramatic performance over four overs. In a T20 game, someone can come in, they can whack 36 in four overs, the game's over, basically. You're not going to be able to compete with that. Whereas in a one-day 50 over game, someone can hit 36 or four overs, but then they get out, and then there's a bit of a decline in the innings, and the other team can see what they need to chase. And there, there might be some ebbs and flows in that innings too. So I think there's a little bit more fluctuation in a 50-over match, which makes it a little bit more interesting to watch on occasion. So I do, I do think it has a role. Um, I'll, I'll be dead honest. I think if, if we're looking at a future where the IPL plays April, May, then we're hopefully going to have our own style, English Premier League, say July, August. And then you go to the Big Bash, which is fantastic, you know, December, January. Where's 50-over going to fit if we want Test Match Cricket to thrive as well? World Cup? Maybe every four years you have a World Cup where you don't play in between, maybe. But I, I don't think that cricket is... I mean, the thing, you know, is, the thing is, the reason why it's successful, the reason why it's maintained, is a financial reason. And that is because 50 overs aside, 100 overs, equals 100 commercial breaks of 30 seconds, so that you, you do your sums. It, therefore, it brings the broadcasters back in the revenue that they've spent on the rights. So I, I think it has a longevity purely because of that reason, because it delivers a lot of adverts for a, a day's cricket. Yeah, but you can't, you can't build your, your foundation. I'm not saying it's a good thing, that. but that's why but that's if, your strategy. If, if you want to have these T20 leagues that, uh, as we, we, we see they are, the, the fantastic products, you know, the, the revenue streams that are generated because of them, 
the adverts within them. There's that the many owners cars. as well. The, the, the owners of teams Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. I, I don't think there's a. I think cricket's got to be realistic. You know, I don't think we can fill every market like we maybe could have done ten years ago because there's no T20 cricket. T20 for me has arrived and brought a new product and it's brought a kind of life to the game. Do you think actually that perhaps... And I don't think it's bad to have T20 and Test cricket. Well, I, I think gonna, there's a... The, but the maybe, gap's quite maybe nice 50 over could be just a World Cup type thing yeah, but and then 20 it, overs is, is a domestic. It looks like that you're just looking after your little brother there a bit. You know, it's either, it's either there or it isn't. You know, you either stick with it and go with it or you kind of realise... Okay, it's, it's, who, who here would like to see the end of... Who here thinks that 50 over cricket is... Doesn't doesn't hold any interest for them. Hands up, fifty over. So what? You, you, so that you obviously had a reason for asking that. So everyone else here is reasonably happy with fifty overs, are they? Can I? Only, there's three hundred and sixty-five days in a year. Can I just tell you that? And how are you going to get all the cricket? And if we want to, well, you just said there's three hundred and sixty-five days in a yeah, year. Yeah, but you, lads can't play every day, and girls, you can't get them They're out there playing. Trying to. Joe Root's away three hundred days a year. My passion is Test match cricket. I want to save Test match cricket. With the way Test Match Cricket is going, and this is real, you'll find that Test Match Cricket will be gone in 20 years. I'm telling you, it'll be gone because it's a product that's not selling. There's not enough watching it. Players are going to decide to play T20 Cricket because of it. So you have to fill the market with T20 Cricket where players go and just solely play Big Bash, give them the opportunity so, so to play So are you that. saying that in 20 years, the only cricket is going to be T20? Potentially, yeah. Because it's a product that the whole world might get. It's a product that you could... It might could be the Olympics. No, 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 that'll be something different. Six aside and could indoors, indoors or something. Yeah, maybe. But I'm, only, look, I'm just trying to look miles yeah, ahead yeah. and think, for cricket to be a global game, you know, some game that every single person in the world can get and find out, yeah, how do you play that? All right, it's 20 overs, three hours, right, done and dusted. You know, five days, four days, three days, two days, 50 overs, 60 overs, 20 overs, 40 overs... It's very difficult to understand cricket. For it to be a real it's, global it's, brand worldwide in every country. It has been like that, cricket, throughout its history. It's been, as I said at the start, it's been a very adaptable game, but I suppose it does need to crystallise uh, those, those sort of different formats. And I, I guess in 20 years' time, it could be the Apple T20 World Cup, couldn't it? Do you reckon? <laughs> well, it might be 10-10. Yeah, 10-10. Might, might, really well might go Okay, well, let's now. have one more question, maybe, and then I think we probably ought to wind up. So go for it. Hi there. We're talking about how we've got to grow the game globally and that um, T20 is a great opportunity to do that. But whilst we speak, we've had Ireland Oman, we've got the, um, the, the qualifier before the real cricket starts. Are we doing enough to encourage the affiliate nations to, no to get involved? Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, if you look at the next World Cup, it's supposed to be only 10 teams, which is an absolute joke. And, you know, it, there's a totally disproportionate amount of money handed out to the different countries. The, the, the low countries get nothing. A country like Zimbabwe, that's cricket, is slightly on the up again, is getting sort of $3 million as a, in, instead. The, the takeover of India, Australia and England at the ICC, which was publicised quite heavily six months ago, nine months ago, was appalling. And definitely there needs a better share out of funds and encouragement. It's great to see a team like Oman or Afghanistan do well. I mean, it's fantastic because, you know, as Michael says, we, we need to spread the game. It's a great game, cricket. That's why we're here. We're passionate about it. We want more people to share in it. But the way that the ICC have handled it in the last five years has been shit. <laughs> Cut. Um, 
I've just seen cricket. It's, it's, it's kind of sometimes gets lost in the dark age of just looking after what, what it is now. The, the, the game needs to really look where it's going to be and, and try and grab every country in the world to play the game. Why not? You know, T20 is a, a format that most countries could get. You know, you could get a Chinese team playing. Why not? They'll probably be very good. You know, and then certainly adapt very quickly. You know, I think the more opportunities that we can give to, to many other teams and many other countries, the better the game will grow. America, I, I, you played in that... Um, yeah, that, they liked that, it. I, that you know, Tendulkar v. Warren sort of extravaganza in America. Absolutely, How yeah. did that go down? Yeah, great. I mean, there's many leagues in America. You know, you'd, you'd want to grab that. I don't see why you just want to keep it to what it is and, and, and kind of make the, the, the strong get stronger. And those, but I, I'm a big believer in Test Match Cricket. We should have leagues. You know, I really think that test match cricket needs something to happen. So the test game is the one game, and, and all the figures tell you this in terms of finance, in terms of people watching. It's just going like this. Yet nothing gets done about it. 50 over cricket, the rules change every year. They're trying to do something with it. And, and now, now why if not you change don't, something? If you're down match... low in the rankings in one day, as you don't get in the Champions Trophy and things as well. No, but, so there's a sort of a coherence. But if you had a test format where you had league systems, so five in the league, the top five, and then you had promotion and relegation. Yeah, that'd be great. So yeah. every single game mattered. Not So if you're a 2 nil up in a series with one to play, you wouldn't relax because that last game means points. You know, if you lose it, you might go down by a place in the league. And, and after that year in the league, and, and, and every single year there has to be a winner. You know, football, you know the winner. The IPL, you know the winner. Big Bash, you know the winner. Champions League, you know the winner. Test match cricket's like, who's number one? And who cares oh, and, as well, Yeah, and, really. right, and in four years' time, you know. What about four years for kids to understand? What about the My FA kids Cup? can't even know what's going on tomorrow. What about the FA Cup, an FA Cup-style competition for English cricket Yeah, as well? I'd, I'd have gone in for that. I'd have, I'd have I've certainly bought into um, every single league and every single team being available to enter a, an FA Cup-style T20 tournament. I would go for a qualifier the year before across all the regions. So the winner of Yorkshire would play the winner of Lancashire. And then I would go to the counters and say, right, you've got to name your T20 squad for this tournament. It's got to be 15 players, 25 generally in the county staff. The other 10 players go back to the league, back to the teams. So the actual competition would grow and grow. So you may end up with a Yorkshire Academy team who play in the Yorkshire League playing against Yorkshire in round two. Great. I suppose you're going to nominate York, story that you're going to nominate Yorkshire for the county championship this year, aren't you? Well, they'll win it again, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you heard it here. Yeah. Okay. Let's just check if they actually do and remind him. Will you write that down? Okay, and come back to him. Turn up to some sort of do in Le in Leeds in October. Wear that and when same they, blue jacket. When they ended up fifth, maybe you could confront him. Fifth. Very good. Right. <laughs> Listen, I think that's probably time up. It's seven o'clock. Um, thank you very much for attending. I mean, we can just knock around for five, ten minutes uh, afterwards if you've got any other burning questions. There are some copies of um, the Cricketer Magazine T20 World Cup preview little package to give away. So you, if you, you want to hover around You would at never the guess who the editor was, would you? Well, I mean, you know, the Cricketer Magazine is, is coming, is, is in, it's like County Cricket. It's going to have a new lease of and life. And there's a sign, Times uh, paper that you can buy off him as well if you want that. <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much for, for attending. It's been a pleasure. And thank Michael you. and I have enjoyed it. Thank you.